0: Do you have yeah. to charge that thing?
1: Uh, it's AAA batteries. Nice. So just keep it back. That's cool. Huh. Solid first question. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I've been like trying not to for the years, ever even edit these. Yeah. You just slap an intro and an outro on it and call it a day. Yeah. <laughs> Lately, I haven't even been doing that. It's just like, with the the house thing, and we've been shopping, and shopping, and losing bids, mm-hmm. and then back to shopping, we walked away from one, lost our deposit on it. Yeah, wow. Um, it's just been rough. But we're finally like getting somewhere with one. Oh, cool. Which I feel good about. Yeah. We're past the... Uh, window where I feel like they'll sell it out from under us because that's what oh. happened on the last one. We put an offer in, they accepted it, then they continued to show it. God and damn. They took an offer higher and came back to us and asked for 15k more. And they said they can have it, I don't want it. Right. It's got all these issues that we were already accounting for. Yeah, I'm not going for it. Damn, so hey, we're it's brutal. We're good with. With where we're at, the pricing well, isn't great. The interest
0: rates aren't great. Yeah, it is what it is. You just have to bite the bullet. Like we, we know we overpaid for our house, but we like looking back, we're like, oh fuck, we we lucked out with our interest rate. But it's like, if anybody like our house still isn't worth what we paid for it, like it's just a bullet you have to bite if you just want a house at the moment.
1: Yeah, and at some point it kind of washes. Mm-hmm. My theory on it has been the first person that overpaid for their house was overpaying for their house but if you take a hundred thousand dollar neighborhood and you're paying 150 k in that neighborhood the first one that does that feels like they got hosed over the course of a year and a half two years if every house in that neighborhood that sells at 150 160 140 right you can't tell me it's not a 150k neighborhood anymore a really good point you're going to look at all the comparables that have sold in that area and they're all $150,000 houses now wow
0: damn that's that's something to chew on right there
1: so that will ebb and flow through the years for sure but that's kind of my theory on it Mm -hmm. is if it was that tiny little bubble right at the beginning of 2020 and 2021 yeah maybe maybe Mm -hmm. you would have been screwed buying if it had just gone up and come right back down right but it's lasted long enough that it's the norm right and it's it's regional too so it's like at the average of the regional because
0: i'm sure shit in miami and california it was like stupid crazy compared to maybe somewhere more rural
1: i know we're talking like 100 and 150k (laughs) laughing when you're talking about california or something like Mm -hmm. oh my god that's a rental so yeah it's like half a year's rent (laughs) right and you were saying like
0: because you were so busy you just weren't doing anything with uh editing post-processing the podcast but i think I think putting stuff out in general, as long as you're not frying yourself, putting stuff out, I think is, is probably kind of be beneficial and fun either way. Like I stopped put picking. I used to curate songs for the outros to every every episode, and after a while, I was like, if I had to do this every week, and like this, I'm literally this is the re, this song I'm picking right now that I'm mulling over is actually the reason why the video gets demonetized on YouTube. Maybe I should stop because it's different when it's in a bike edit because it purposely got brought up and it needed to be talked about. But, you know, if I'm just shooting myself in the foot because of my outro song, and shit, I might as well just drop those. I, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You want to keep it going.
1: Well, and that's, that was kind of my thought as I was doing way too much with work, just hour-wise, like always 50, 60 hours a week. Oh, wow, well, yeah. Uh, trying to like still do jams and host events and do all that type of stuff, stay active in the scene and get out and ride and do, do anything like that. It, wh- where's the time? Yeah. You know, now I'm sitting there recording podcasts and like, it wasn't a ton of money, but I was doing maybe a hundred bucks a month streaming games too.
0: Oh shit. Really? Yeah. Wow.
1: So like, that's cool. I was going to be playing video games at night anyway. Why would I not stream it? Yeah. If I'm going to do it, you might as well have it out there. And if people like it, cool. If not, no harm, no foul. Yeah. So that's like all of that together. Where was there time to sit there and edit a podcast? Yeah. And I always felt like it wasn't really a podcast for me even. It's a podcast kind of for the scene. Hmm. Especially down in Pittsburgh, there was a lot going on a lot of different people, a lot of moving parts, a scene that appears fairly cohesive and together mm. with a lot of little factions and subgroups going on, which is, I think is typical, but right, like in Binghamton, you don't see it as much because there isn't as big of a scene. Right.
0: There's not just people, so many people, you could just grab anybody and be like, hey, you want to come in for an episode? You know, because yeah. they're around.
1: <laughs> right. Or, I mean... You know, this is a little bit of negativity. I'm going to throw it out there anyway. What do they have going on? Maybe who? In like, in like Binghamton? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyone, right? Not just specifically Binghamton, but it's tough to talk to someone if they don't have anything going on. Oh, uh, right. Uh, I had a couple of those, even with people that oh, did have right, stuff right. going on that you've got enough, you know, that you get them in, you set up, you have this episode and you start asking him questions and you're getting one word answers.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: or, are you into this? What do you think about this? Yeah, it's cool. Like yeah. go go on, please. If i if i'm going to carry this interview, it's going to be rough, like Yeah. So, you know, getting people that can talk, i guess is the key and people that wanna be on it's like sometimes I'm like,
0: like Lawhead's been cool with coming on repeatedly, but it's like sometimes I feel weird asking him because I'm like, I don't even know if he wants to put himself out there like that. I just keep coming back to him because he will, he'll show up and, you know, he'll be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got an opinion. And it's like, so, like in normal podcast worlds, it's usually they're, they're there to promote something, which could be taken two ways. You know, you it could be seen like they're shilling, but at the same time, it's like that's kind of like the point of them being there, and you know, it's good to have a mix, probably.
1: Well, that that's the easy one. When someone has something to promote, you can, you can let them talk about however they want to talk about it, and you can weasel some questions in or something here and there. Yeah. But you don't even really have to, because they're there. They want to promote something, and when you've got like a dude that rides once a month or once every two months and is busy with work but they don't love their job it's just a job they don't have anything to talk about
0: it's <laughs> tough <laughs> shit shit you, you, and, you're exactly right man
1: and there's an element i mean they do
0: have shit to talk about it's that they can't ride <laughs> they
1: well, there, hate work there's an element when you start the podcast versus after you've done a handful of them too. And I feel like you were talking about this with Cam when he was on your show from the Goat Cave. Mm-hmm. And then Law had brought it up on the most recent episode of Different Spokes. Is just other things, like talking about things that aren't BMX. And Cam was talking about wanting to get into music podcasts, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And Law had asked about a boot review. Yeah. I I mean we've all got a bunch of other things going on that, that are outside of our BMX bubble that are in our daily lives, and I don't I don't know what your demographic for the show is. I don't think mine is the fourteen year old kids listening. I think right. it's the twenty five to thirty plus club.
0: Yeah, I'd say uh, mine on. Anchor says something similar. Like it's the old it's the old heads that are listening to us.
1: So, you know some of my more popular episodes, I would say was um, Sam from Mexico, New York. That sounds very familiar. About half the episode was talking about BMX. and then the whole second half was talking about running a farm.
0: Yes, that one was so good
1: right because you're like you're drawn in there's something we all know BMX talking Mm -hmm. about BMX is like whatever posting good clips and doing stuff is whatever there's good clips every day all day Mm -hmm. so when you get something else it's kind of nice right and I was thinking about this the other
0: day like I mean it stems back to how I felt as a kid and I'm kind of like reevaluating that viewpoint as an older person but it's still kind of still rings the same to me it's like you could be a fedex driver but if you ride bmx i'm interested what's up how do you do it you know you're Mm -hmm. a pizza delivery guy but you're a bmxer cool let's hear your story oh you you do you know woodworking the fact that you ride just made you that much more interesting Mm -hmm. and versus like random person who's doing woodworking you know, I'd be more interested in the BMX or woodworking
1: person. Yeah, did you listen to the Trash Fish episode that I had? I think uh, his name is going to escape me right now, but Trash Fish is his Instagram. He cleans out the river. Yeah, he used to ride BMX. Yes. He got hurt, and he like got into kayaking on the side. Yeah, and then yeah, his he just kayaks all the time and pulls trash out. Yeah, and he's doing something good. He's being active, you know. He's, but it's an, it's a good episode because he's got something to talk about, mm-hmm. and it's something he's passionate about. I think that's the key. It's not that you don't have things to talk about. It's do you right. have a passion?
0: Right, that's a very good point. You need to find passionate people to talk to, and some people might agree to a podcast and not even be passionate. That's I'm sure, or they are, they just don't like know how to talk or get get the message going yet, I'll I'll be the first to say, I don't, I still don't know how to fucking talk. I'm working my (laughs) way through it, you know? Yeah. So, uh,
1: you also get people that want to be on Mm -hmm. because they want to be on and you're like, that's cool. But now I've got a lot of work on the front end because I have to come up with something for you to talk about. Right. So they're
0: just like, they're eager to be on, to be on, but there's nothing...
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's like a clout thing that they just want their name put out there. Hmm. And I'm okay with that. I don't really care. It's going to be pretty obvious when you listen to the episode if you don't have anything to talk about and you're not passionate. But, you know, if they're coming towards you
0: and it feels that way, they should be knowing what they're walking towards. Well,
1: I like to ask, what what do you want to talk about? Yeah. And if you can't answer it, it's going to be a... It's going to be a tough ride. Yeah. Because if you don't know what you want to talk about, you also don't know what you don't want to talk about. Right. And sometimes with certain situations, I don't know if you've had any of these, where it's like, is there anything we can't say? Now, I always ask people before we even
0: get to recording, if there's anything that's off the off the table you don't want to talk about, you want me to shy around. And no one's no one's told me anything so far. I mean... It's crazy, like, but after doing cams, I really, after being on for three hours, it's like, it's easy to kind of be clearish in an hour. In three hours, you might have not correctly said something, and I woke up in the middle of the night after that pod because I was like, fuck, I, I left out this one little detail about creating the yeah, and like, I wish I would have said more about how my shin has a hole in it, and that's why I like top two pads so much, and... But I didn't, so it's like, I get it when when you miss stuff.
1: Yeah, you know. It's I feel like it's hard in a way to talk about yourself too, after you've been doing a podcast for so long. Yeah, you're like, holy shit, someone someone wants to know something about me, fuck, and then well, and you've let it all out in little blips here and there. Yeah, now you're trying to pull them all together into one scroll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, your timeline's all skewed because you've said the same story like seven times in little... But you've told it for different reasons each time. Yep, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's... I do some of those solo ones. And I never really like the way they come out, but I always get good feedback on them. Mm. Which is interesting. Especially the driving ones. And I think it's probably because my brain isn't so focused on exactly what I'm saying. It's more focused on the road. Yeah, So you can... I don't know. You get more like pure thought rather than curated thought. Yeah. I I mean, half the time I've ever thought of
0: an idea for a podcast, especially when I first started, I was driving a lot, was driving. You'd be sitting there and you're like, man, what the fuck? You know, you just like, (laughs) it just hits your head out of nowhere.
1: (laughs) All right. So this is going to be, someone's going to steal this. And I'm totally fine with it (laughs) because I don't do enough road trips for this to matter anymore. But when we were going four and five people deep on trips a lot, this recorder right here, I wanted to mic everyone up in the car for the whole drive and just get all the random conversations that you're talking about and then edit them down later. Yeah. Into, like, this is the whole car cast or something.
0: You know what? That sounds like real world meets props. Like, if if you could if props was a little bit more than the static
1: interview and more mic'd up and real yeah <laughs> jeez, sick i mean that's a whole other side to that interview set up of props but yeah um you know you answer a question they tell you no you got to re-record that here's what you need to say really yeah, i've heard stories jeez
0: the BMX oligarchy,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> we so, we can shy away from that if you would like. <laughs> it's up to
1: you. Um. Oh, I mean, there's. Yeah. We'll we'll stay away. I think I've said enough for people to know what's going on. <laughs> um. But no, I I felt like it would be just a cool thing because we all have. Mm. We all have dumb stories and dumb ideas in the car. Like, oh, one that always comes up, internal joke with some friends, is if you're, you are got a flatbed truck and you start riding away and do a 180, you'd land forwards. Yeah. Just because of relative right. motion. Yeah. But, like, you know, every time you see a flatbed truck, you start joking about doing that and would you rather... 180 on the truck and fakey hop off.
0: When it goes and pulls out.
1: Yeah. Because you'd think you want to just drop off, but then you'd be riding fakie. Yeah. <laughs> like, all of it, it's just a hilarious thought. Now you're going to think that next time you pass a flatbed truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I always, I always ponder about, like, ter- fakie shit, like, um. Similar shit, like turning around out of one eighties. Like there's like, I would say probably between four and eight different ways of turning around out of fakie, and that's not including tricks. That's just like mm-hmm. how you turn around. You can do a right foot, left foot, hop, no hop, slide. Yep.
1: And it's just cabbage plant. Cabbage plant. What's that? When you put your foot down on a half cab. <laughs> it's a joke. Ooh, I like that.
0: <laughs> that's a good. That's a good name for it. Cabbage plant.
1: How'd that come up? Uh, one of our friends used to call it that. Really? Just any time he would mess up his rollout or half-cab put his foot down, just call it out as cabbage plant.
0: That's cool. Like then it. he started
1: doing them on purpose, and you're like, mm, something's not right about it, dude. It's Like, no matter what you do, if you half-cab and put your foot down, it always looks bad.
0: And now we got people, that now that's a whole trick genre. But, if you could
1: do it, like with a curb or something where you half cab foot plant and then maybe 180 back out of it. Like yeah. full cab fast plant thing. Exactly. There might be ways to make it work, but it when you just do it and you call it a trick, when it's not a trick, it looks bad. Mm-hmm. And it was always flat ground.
0: <laughs> Dude, before I could bunny hop, I used to just drive around and, and put my front peg on stuff just cause, so I could hear the metal. And I'm yeah. Like, I was like, oh, I'm almost cool. What would you call it? I didn't call it anything but what
1: do you call it now (laughs) because i've got a name for it
0: so i don't call it anything with the front but i when i would do an endo and drag my back peg on it uh a la behringer which i didn't know he like i didn't know he did those and then one day he i saw it like a a video i was like holy shit he turned that into a trick but i would call it a lazy ice pick so i would probably call that a lazy toothpick okay where one wheels on the ground and one grind device is Robin. so
1: i i always called the backpack one the behringer grind just because, right yeah uh i always call the front one a poser grind poser grind yeah that's a good name but they're for it. <laughs> they're f- super fun to do on like a flat ledge like a curved one because you can hard 180 out of them
0: oh yeah. so you can actually
1: curve around it and your back peg never runs into it and then just 180 out yeah yeah but then you mix that with... Do you know who James Meliota is? Mm-mm. He's a Maine dude. And he used to ride for fly bikes. He's got a whole bunch of, like, long solo cut videos that are super sick. He used to do three taps and then land with his front wheel on, like, a curved bench or something and run the whole thing around like that with his back wheel on the ground still and then do tricks out. So it's kind of like you can three tap into that. What? Here. So all right. So you need a, you need a bench. No, no, we'll call this the bench. Okay. Just be like three tap and land like this. Ah, right. And then like whatever out. A super cool aesthetic. Yeah, that's 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 the new shit I
0: feel like that.
1: Uh, James's riding was way ahead of his time. Oh, so I like love his riding.
0: So that was like what year was that when he was doing that shit?
1: He's still doing that. So, mm. <laughs> but uh, that's cool. it it was around in the come up days, like when the come up was early, he was on fly. Oh, there's there was a new merit video.
0: Of some guys doing some. That's what I'm saying. Like it's like a thing that's taking a wave now some like weird flowy shit
1: yeah, yeah I, I mean a lot of his style comes from the fact that there's nothing up there oh yeah he's Portland,
0: Maine dude so it's just like fishing towns and stuff like that yeah
1: wow Uh, it's super cool though if mm. he, like you'll have to check some of his stuff out at some point yeah that'd be cool and then uh, I forget exactly where I was going with that one but I don't care it's whatever. Fast plants and, and trees. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like, oh, I was saying poser grind hard one. So, grind. like, that's where I was going to integrate that. You could three tap into the poser grind on a curved ledge. Oh,
0: yeah. And now you got something, the beginning of whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. You, could, you could three tap into a poser grind and then lift up into a smith and then, shit.
1: Or even, like, you know how you do, like, pump-ups on a quarter where you, like, go rock quick and then up to manual? Yeah. You like, poser grind tap up into grinds, too. So. I, got- I, I have one of those I filmed at one point that was, it was a flat out ledge with, a, like, a long two-step. Yeah. And I manualed into poser grind, pull off, drop nose 180 on the two-step. So, like, doink tap, spin. Yeah. Nice. That's weird. Cool. It's real weird. In, I have no idea where that clip is. It's
0: like a three piece biscuit right there or something. It, like it might be
1: on Instagram. It might've just been saved and now it's lost. You know, I
0: I do a poser grind. This is actually, I get compliments every time I do it. I shouldn't say that. It sounds really full of myself. I shouldn't say that. But uh, whenever I do it, people are like, what the fuck? Yeah. Is um, I'll go up a quarter pipe And I can, like, doink my front peg without taking my bike off the water pipe. It's just, like, a weird carve, and you can do it. That's it.
1: But, um... Yeah, I love doing that. (laughs) Uh, Do you know James Weston? He's a Binghamton dude. Well, kind of like a Wego New York, and then he lives in Austin right now. His name sounds sort of familiar. Was he in props? He might have been on one of the like gypsy caravan tours. Oh, okay. Um, James Weston. He would do that with his handlebar. Like he could ride up the quarter and get his bar end to grind and then like drop back in. On the coping? Yeah. But like, well, on the deck behind coping, you know? So it's like you have to let go of your grip a little bit. So like a carve? Just like what you're saying with, with scraping front peg while your bike stays on the quarter pipe. Yeah. So like that? Yeah. Yeah. Just like, well, no over the, over the deck though. So it'd be like, like that, like this.
0: Oh, like he'd literally grind the side of his bars. Like not the end of his bars, but like the,
1: it's yeah. A little of both sometimes. Jeez. I also watched that dude. Like, you know how people hook their handlebar and go down rails. Yeah watch him do up rails that way no way (laughs) mellow long stair set wow that's gotta be that's a banger just does it dicking around
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean i would be i would put a fresh
1: pair of bars on just for that clip if i was him i don't
0: understand i gotta i gotta (laughs) see
1: that (laughs) i I never saw a clip of it i was there when he was doing it
0: how did his bars look after Still straight?
1: he I was always running real weird bars. like So you couldn't even tell if they were straight? Like, he... I think it was this clip. You know the full pipe at HCS? Yeah. Before it was cut back like it is now? Mm-hmm. It, it was the full pipe all the way out. He threed off the top of that to flat. But he was just running CW bars from, like, the 80s. Shh. And then he had some aluminum power light bars on after that. And, like, what are you doing? Wow. But awesome. Love it. Does he have any
0: (laughs) video parts out or anything like that?
1: Yeah, he's got a full section in, man, uh, BMX Super Fun Time, which was a video John Wally put out from the Binghamton scene. I have a full part in that. He's got a full part in that you've seen my part from that I think because it's the one where I do the triple rail ride side to side to side yeah that does sound familiar Fuck. which that clip always bums me out a little bit because it was actually when I could bar spin and And you wish
0: you did the bar out dude I did
1: the I did the triple rail ride over and over and over and if you watch the clip the pop at the end was for a bar
0: Oh. But it's
1: the only good one that I have a good clean hop out of too that wasn't like I'm like uh, Yo. Like I love this but I need, I don't know.
0: <laughs> Bar spins are so fucking hard man.
1: They're so hard. If you don't do them all the time you lose them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, There was a manual pad at a blackout, I can't, and we would ride it on lunch breaks when it was like real cold out. And I think Phil, the Madia, had his camera out and we were trying to get something stupid on it. It was like right before, our, we were filming with our phones too. It could have been just for on our phones, but I just know that it was fisheye video. But yeah, I think it was Phil filming because I remember feeling really, really shitty and, and sucky because we had like a, it was like three manual pads in a row. Yep. And I was trying to do it to bar, Many, manny, manny bar. And the manual pads are like two inches high. So it's literally just f- feet of ability, not really fear, but you still have to break through a fear barrier to chuck them. And every time I've ever like manual barred, I ended up accidentally getting like a good pop because just the way everything just works out. I don't always get a good pop. In this triple manual one, I didn't get a good pop. And, you know, I'm two inches off the ground. I didn't get a good pop. I probably caught both thumbs on, like, the bends of my bars. Mm -hmm. And, like, knees and and elbows completely locked. So it was, like, the grossest bar ever. (laughs) But I was like, but I did do manny, manny, manny before I did
1: it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know? Dude... And that's the funny thing. Like, you you just listened to and, and texted me about that uh, Defining Success podcast. Yeah. And that's the type of stuff that I was getting at. Like, we're so hypercritical of the way that we do things that it's like you borderline can't even live with the success sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a weird, funky headspace that kind of BMX puts you in. Uh, the way I always put it, trying to explain it to outsiders more than, than ourselves is BMX is all about precision, repeatability and control. Like you want to be able to do the exact same thing, the exact same way every time. Yeah. And when you don't, it bums you out. And when you like know what the, the expectation of perfection is, mm-hmm And you know how you can do it. So when you do it less than that, it bums you out.
0: Also, you're seeing, I mean, especially now, more and more, you're seeing so many people figure out how to ride. And it's like nobody can ride really good. Like everybody's ability to ride is just their ability. It's like no one really has a superpower. It's just kind of like Garrett probably practiced a lot. That's probably what it was, you know?
1: I think that, and then like our generation and older, it wasn't. It wasn't something that. The repeatability the, wasn't as much. Well, it wasn't something that the the necessarily athletically inclined kids would do. Mm-hmm. It was the outsiders that didn't fit in, kind of fell into riding BMX or skateboarding and stuff. So yeah, you don't necessarily have the athletic elite that Mm -hmm. started riding bmx you got people that were clunky Mm -hmm. and making stuff work for themselves and then you get to an era where like bm bmx is in the x games and the people that are seeing it right at the beginning of the x games start getting into it uh edwin being an example of that but Once you're seeing it and you're seeing what's possible and you're seeing that it's cool as a sport, you start to see, like, the naturally athletic kids are now semi-involved in skateboarding and BMX. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think we've all seen someone, and they tend to come and go fast. Like, they don't stick around for a while. And maybe it's because they didn't have to work for it. (laughs) But... They start riding, and they're just naturally gifted at everything they do. But they would be good at whatever they picked up. Right. Like, they could hop on a soccer field and probably have decent footwork. Their coordination is there, I guess, right. is really the the point. You can refine it, but if you take someone that's not naturally coordinated versus someone that's naturally coordinated, I don't care who practices more. Yeah. One of them is always going to be better Right, yeah, there is that naturally coordinated part
0: Because I would say I am not naturally coordinated I will say Mark Burnett definitely strikes me as naturally coordinated I've gotten to see him ride in person a couple of times here and Oh my god, it was like Or like when I saw Brian Yeagle ride FDR And Clinton Reynolds was there And I was just like, no fucking way there's this whole upper echelon to this shit that I am nowhere near. I'll never be, be mm-hmm. here. And it's like you can. And it's like that's a little bit of like a negative self-talk because I don't want anyone listening to this to not feel like they can get somewhere because truth of the matter is if you try really, really hard, you could probably get to where you want to go with BMX. And because mm-hmm. that's that's kind of like the cool part is like you kind of teach yourself as it's a choose your own adventure. Mm-hmm. and you are writing the book, and you are teaching yourself what the book's going to be about. It's fucking sick.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> and I, I don't disagree with you on that. I think that, you know, it, I don't think the way that the current setup of everything is structured, that the kid that's like, Kind of progressing, but never really all that naturally coordinated. Is going to make it to the X Games because they're not going to invite him, right? But can he have a good time at a jam? And that's absolutely. Yeah, and, and what's awesome about jams is seeing
0: the the when it when a trick is when you have a jam and everybody's on a rail, everybody's taking turns. A make is a make. It doesn't matter if you were scrappy if you were slow it doesn't matter everyone's cheering you because you landed something and that's kind of sick
1: or all right and I'm going to give you even another example then you get kids that I'm thinking of a person in particular and I don't want to come off as like bashing him so I don't really want to drop his name Mm -hmm. but you get dudes that show up to jams and then if someone is better than them they like sit on the sideline and don't participate and then you've got dudes like the dude i'm thinking of that it it doesn't matter how good the competition is he's just out there trying and even if it's like not landing stuff or doing you know mediocre at best stuff he's probably having more fun than you yeah. <laughs> and he's out there getting it and like how can you hate on that right there is no hate so well, I mean, people make fun of him a lot. Really? Because he's not that good. I mean, but they're enjoying but, themselves. Dude, like, you're sitting on the sideline talking crap about the dude that's out there getting it at the jam. Right. So, like, <laughs> I don't know. I think he's having more fun than you, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I don't think in the moment, like, what's it matter what your skill level is? And it's to your point that... You, it's a choose-your-own-adventure, and he's choosing to ride. Mm-hmm. And that's that's all you can ask for in a person. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that uh, that BMX Outcast thing you said was is
1: really interesting because I think that's, I uh, yeah that's 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 probably a topic for another time. It I, could it could be yeah. I mean, and it's it's a broad broad generalization that. Even the comment uh, that they don't typically stay around for a while because they haven't had to work for it. Mm -hmm. Huge painting with a broad brush. Right. You know, like, there's people that that do stick around. There's also people that they ride for a couple months. They produce some wild content. They do some wild stuff. And you don't hear from them for a year. And then they show back up. They do some more wild stuff. Mm -hmm. And they're gone again. And or you you see them go through some like life struggles and real life struggles. And they do come back to BMX or they never really left, but it wasn't their like driving passion for a moment because Mm -hmm. life struggles. Right. But then they're in it. And, like, it doesn't matter. They were the naturally gifted one. They didn't really have to work for it initially. Yeah. But they work for it now. Mm -hmm. And everything they do, they love. Like, super down with that. There's Yeah, there's so much
0: beauty in in the people that we know that are sick that, like, those are the people I want to talk to. (laughs) Yeah. Respect to that. I feel that. I feel that. Oh, yeah.
1: But it's like, you know, a lot of that, I got to drive an hour or so. And then if we're driving an hour or so, today worked out great because it's raining. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If we're driving an hour or so, like, do you really want to sit down and record or do you want to try to catch a session? Right. Oh, maybe we'll get to this later and you don't get to it.
0: Yeah. I thought about setting the microphones up on like the the trunk of a car and having a flat rail session. Like if it was not rainy today i was yeah. like maybe that would be cool i don't know
1: yeah i want to look at i'm pretty sure they make some like wireless receivers to go bluetooth oh shit that would be sick because then we could bluetooth lapel mic
0: and it'd be like and those we could actually have
1: them. a session and we don't even have to be next to each other
0: yeah that would be sick and you could use those for the road trip idea too Yeah,
1: it'd be easier
0: than having wires strung throughout the car. Be mixers (laughs) and (laughs) wires.
1: Those two don't mix. They, they don't. (laughs) Well, and it's a hassle to set up, right? So, Mm. like, as soon as you get set up and you start driving, someone's either got to pee or wants to stop and get a drink. Like, oh my god, dude. Yeah. Speaking of which, I I got. And half the jokes happen in the gas station. About right. people or things or, mm-hmm. like, did you see that fucking guy? He had a mullet. Crazy. Or, I mean, running joke that everyone talks about, but gas station sushi. Yeah. Why is it there and who's buying it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not that much of a gambler.
0: No, not me either. <laughs> I gambled enough on, on gas station hot dogs.
1: Right, but... I mean, that's got a reasonable assurance that they were pre-cooked. Exactly. And then they were heated again. Yeah. Gas station sushi, I know it's typically crab and not actually fish. Oh. Uh, hmm. But still. Yeah. It's sushi at a gas station. It's not right. Nope. Yeah, that should be banned. If, <laughs> if anyone has had gas station sushi, I want to hear from you. Yeah, that would be a cool episode. But I don't trust
0: you. <laughs> 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 oh shit. That's good.
1: Uh, that's funny.
0: Yeah, can I a uh, piss grab a take a piss real quick? Yeah, yeah
1: yeah yeah we'll just pause this. Cool. Okay, back recording part two. Check check. We got one bar on the battery now. One bar, one bar. Is that enough? I don't know, we'll wing it. Cool. It kind of pops between one and two.
0: If it goes out, you still get everything that was up until that point? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So it's just kind of like, oh, okay. It's
1: yeah, it, it'll it shut off while it still has enough power to... Like finish the file. Finish the file. <laughs>
0: Sweet. Okay.
1: It'll Because it'll turn back on a couple of times, too. Ah, oh, that's nice. You know how AAA batteries are. Yeah. They, like, kind of go for a while.
0: Yeah. That, that that's a feature, not a bug.
1: <laughs> I it might even have a backup battery. I'm not sure on that. Right, probably like a little. Yeah, like the little watch battery thing. Yeah. I don't remember if it does or not. Yeah. So where were we? Uh, I don't know. Doesn't matter. Doesn't
0: matter. Um, we were talking about other stuff that we're
1: interested in well that was one of our like topics and we were kind of weaving our way there yeah (laughs) slowly um that was the discussion so
0: yeah people that that bmx and that also do other things
1: little bit of backstory to this episode i guess is i kind of solo recorded this and i didn't like the way it was done didn't feel super good about it and then matt and i were talking and it's like well this would be a way better episode to do with someone Hmm. so just kind of made it happen quick so if i don't post that original file it'll probably be the first episode i've scrapped (laughs) wow and even like some of them i've been like i was gonna scrap this but you might as well listen anyway
0: right yeah might as well post something to post
1: so I don't know if I'll scrap it entirely or just pull little bits out of it. Yeah, maybe
0: you might be able to pull chunks.
1: But the the whole thing started. Uh, the last episode, the I wrote mostly about really? a month before I re- recorded it. Which one was that? The the defining success one. The oh you, oh yeah yeah skate I was parts say, are like gay bars. Yeah, <laughs> which. Okay, this here's this is gonna be knock on wood. No one's complained about that yet. It was an
0: awesome. Uh,
1: I figured subject it was, title, it but it I was didn't... a hook. Yeah, it's rather self-explanatory why I say it, but I expected two backlashes potentially. <laughs> One was the obvious that oh, just, you shouldn't be saying that, something like that, mm-hmm. without having any context. Right. And then the other, I thought, from the BMX crowd was going to take it as a uh, skateparks are lame, go ride street. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was the, that yeah. I expected that one to be the, the initial angering point.
0: And no one even took it either way, it was
1: just kind of like neutral. I mean, I don't know if anyone listened to it, so... I haven't checked the analytics, but like my listenership tends to be pretty low these days <laughs> uh, because I haven't been posting. What, did, what
0: was your, list, your listenership at its peak?
1: Probably like 150 to 300 views or listens per episode between Anchor and YouTube. You said 150 to 300? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess
0: you can't see how many people subscribe.
1: Well, and if they, like, the subs kind of don't matter on... They matter on YouTube. They don't matter at all on Anchor unless they have it auto-downloading. But if you've got it set to auto-download, it counts as a listen whether they listened or not. Yeah,
0: I always thought counting downloads was weird because you can't really tell... Because sometimes somebody accidentally has their laptop set up incorrectly. Well, right. Because like and... they,
1: can't, they can't tell if, if they listen either because now you're listening to the downloaded file. You're not streaming it. Mm, right. There may be back-end ways to tell that, but you'd have to have the data transmission and, and sharing and everything on. And So you could probably run like a percentage type
0: algorithm on that and be like, well, we know it got this many downloads and we know it got this many plays. So we put these two numbers together and divide by magic and <laughs> you yeah. get uh,
1: something you can wrap your head around. <laughs> well, and it, I can kind of figure it out because if I look at the numbers, my audio only anchor one and, you know, wherever that's distributed, Spotify, uh, iTunes, Google Play, uh Stitcher, all those like other podcast apps are all pushed through that one. Those numbers are always higher, like double or triple what YouTube is.
0: All the But uh... if I
1: poll people as to where they listen, it's YouTube. Oh. So either people aren't responding to the polls, which is possible, or there's you know, three to four times as many people have it set to auto-download, but no one's actually listening on that platform.
0: Well, have, are you familiar with Balaji, the Indian dude? No. I, I thought I might have sent one of his podcast. So he has an eight-hour-long podcast with Lex Friedman, and it is so goddamn good. I cannot recommend it more because it's just a stream of consciousness with no like, uh, uh, or anything. He just goes for eight hours. I think they like took breaks and cut it up, but he goes and he explains how to like solve a lot of things. But one of the things he mentions, you know, if I could pull one little piece of rice out of that eight hour long podcast is that he talks about how India is the next place like there's so many people coming online like i remember being on twitter when twitter first started and and being annoyed at the person screaming off cigarettes Mm -hmm. behind me and hate tweeting about it and it's like i got over that phase and eventually look cringe looking back on it but it's like what we don't understand is that there's constant new waves of people coming into this Mm -hmm. and uh so what i what could be happening is that there could be riders in other countries Listening to your stuff, but might not be following you on Instagram to see
1: the yep. poll. Yeah, no, that's I, I'm not discounting any of those necessarily, right. but yeah. it's just interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. an interesting thing to see. It's like, huh, where's that coming from? Yeah, and maybe no one's listening. Yeah. And also, I mean, then you run into how much of it do you have to listen to for it to count as a viewer or a listen. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you see YouTube does that thing now where it shows where the most I yeah. mean you have, you've always been able to see it in the back end but now you can kind of see it on the front end where like the highest viewed points of videos
1: are. Right, but then when you see that too. All right, so we'll jump ahead. Some of the other stuff that we listen to and watch that are outside of BMX, like I might not fully care about, but I'm like it's just a way to pass the time or I like yeah. kind of interested. Yeah. It, you just Look at it, and you go, "All right, I'm going to watch this part of this video." <laughs> right, and then you're you're adding to that metric that now it's artificially inflated even higher because I saw mm. that's the part everyone's watching. Mm-hmm.
0: It's like if you had a cassette tape, you and you didn't know where everybody was fast forwarding to, you would never fast forward to it unless it was word of mouth. Right, right, or if like.
1: Well, even if it's in the comments, like, here, this is the best spot.
0: Yeah.
1: You'll probably listen until you get there. Or watch until you get there. Yeah. But when it's like, no, this is clearly where everyone watches. Why am I watching all the filler?
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I watched this one video yesterday. And I don't know what it was. But it was, like, the comments on it were, like, I came here for this and some total clickbait. And I'm like, yeah, that was clickbait. It was like, it's so weirdly navigated around it that even I didn't get it right away. And I was like, yeah, they kind of did just skate around everything. I was like, what the fuck?
1: Everything is clickbait. It's really gross. Uh, like news headlines and everything are now clickbait. Instead mm-hmm. of just saying what happened, like, mm-hmm. I guess when the headline is so descript that it tells you the whole story and you don't have to go read the thing, it really doesn't help them get, like, ad revenue. Right. So they need it to be like, oh, my God, you won't believe this thing that happened. And then, mm-hmm. you know, they're playing on your curiosity. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, do I care? Right. It's like holy fuck Cult just made pink tires. <laughs> you you won't believe the colorway this new brand put out and you're like, "What?" But yeah. yeah, if the if the headline was Cult releases new pink version of tire, you're like, "Next." Yeah. But they need all those ads to run on every single page. Yeah, new
0: unnamed rider comes out with pink signature tire. You're like you don't know who it is and you don't know what the tire looks like. So now you're now you're intrigued to click on it. Mm-hmm. That's what makes that's. Part.
1: But are we really? I mean, how many have to let you down before you just stop clicking altogether? Right, but the, the the issue I find now
0: is so much content, whether it's meaningful or not, will have clickbaity titles, and sometimes the the video itself will, will have a good. Good, uh, substance, sustenance, uh, I see. Yeah, it. yeah, but it'll just not, but the title will just be whack. And I'm like, I get it. You're probably trying to appeal to like the 13 year olds, but,
1: or anybody or, who's just knee jerk reacting, clicking, but, or is there more backend metrics that we don't know about? There probably is a lot more. You're probably and like those types of titles tend to draw more traffic, so then YouTube promotes them higher. Mm -hmm. If you have a title like that, but like
0: uh, uh, Bobby Canode was talking about, how his boss doesn't actually do real high view count, but they get paid decent off YouTube because of the market in which those ads are being submitted to. So, so if we if if BMX took a page out of Andrew and Matt's hat, they would gear some of their stuff towards people who have mortgages, and then maybe the YouTube ad revenue would pay more, <laughs> and we could get somewhere,
1: motherfuckers. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I don't think, I don't know if mine even runs ads or is, mon- I don't know if mine's monetized. I, uh, I, after listening to the Augie pod on Canode, it was
0: really eye-opening I was like oh shit so you can kind of like sort of make money off this but I went and checked my YouTube's and it's I have to have a thousand subscribers
1: that's what I thought you have to there's like minimums before it'll monetize anything
0: yeah and it's like I'm at like 140 and I'm like I'm like thinking to myself that's kind of like a lot but it's really not but it feels like it's a lot to me because I've it's never known anything different
1: it's a lot Compared to... Think about your typical user versus people that are trying to be on there. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Why are you using it? If you're just, like, showing your friends some stuff and it's a place to upload it to, then it's whatever. Yeah. If you're trying to run it like a business, yeah, that's, like, not good at all. Yeah. (laughs) I'm in the same boat as you. I think (laughs) 140, 150, something like that. But, like, you know... Are we doing all we can do to promote it and grow it either? No. Right. Uh, I've always said with Grindworks that if it reached the point that it had to be a full-time job, I'd probably walk away from it. Mm. I don't necessarily want it to be. I want Mm -hmm. it to facilitate doing fun stuff for myself and my friends. I want it to facilitate good things for the scene. I want it to help grow the scene right but that is able to happen because i have a full-time job that pays my bills yes you can yes so like i can leech money off of myself to facilitate doing cool things for the scene because it's partially offset by whatever grindworks does or doesn't generate which Mm -hmm. is usually not anything it's a losing venture year over year but
0: yeah, I'm I'm at that point now where I'm trying to figure out what to do cuz I want to keep my side project as a side project, but if I if more money comes through this coming year than last year, I will be popping up on, you know, the freshly hired tax man's radar. So, okay. Now I'm at a point where like I still want to keep this as a hobby, but When you start thinking in your head about like, all right, trademarking, all right, you know, tax ID number. Like it's easy for your, for, I mean, it's easier for me to go down a rabbit hole of like becoming big, big BMX brand when Mm -hmm. reality is like, just like you said, if it, if it came to a thing where I'd have to go full time, I don't know if I would, you know, I, I would have to be making really good money Uh, in order to do so. And I don't think it beats, I don't
1: think it's ever going to do that. Or do you become more exclusive where like, you know, okay, yeah, I could do this more and more and more and really run myself into the ground over it. Or I could make my stuff a tier nicer, charge a lot more money for it and do less of it. Mm-hmm. But then but either way, you're going to hit that money mark. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're hitting a money mark. The money marks not really the concern on my end. But the tax thing is funny because like you can only claim a loss year over year so many times as a new business before it's like mm. before that raises a red flag too or Well yeah, and a lot of the things I've been told, you know, when I was first starting out looking into all of this was I was told don't start a business. Don't register it as an LLC. Don't do this. Don't do that. And every time I'm like, why? Mm -hmm. And the answer that I was given was because you're not a business. You're operating like a business, but you're a hobbyist. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to have an LLC to run as a sole proprietor. If you make money, you have to file it on your taxes.
0: So, either way, you're filing it. So, it doesn't really matter if it's that official.
1: Right. But, like, you can't claim the losses in the same way. Mm -hmm. If you spend your sole proprietor money to host a jam, you spent that money. Mm -hmm. Big deal. As an LLC, if you start, you know, hey, we brought in this much money and then we spent triple it in giving product away. And trips and everything all in the, it's a guise of self-promotion almost. If you're like, well, yeah, I took my homies on a trip to Chicago and we got a hotel and we ate dinner and we did all this and the gas was paid for and we got a rental car and that was paid for. And I write it all off because I put out a couple Instagram edits and a YouTube video about it Yeah. as promotion. Is that cool versus like the thousand bucks I made for the year? Yes, yeah, so what do you mean? What well, do you think I mean it's I'm, the way I'm to saying go. it's like a write off. Yeah. And but so what the what my tax guy told me okay. multiple times was that even though you're making money, it's a hobby, it's not a business. Right. And don't get the two confused because you can claim a loss. To grow a brand, the fir- or a company, the first couple of years. But what's your end goal? Right. At some point, you have to start making money, or they're gonna come in and go, "You can't do this."
0: So they would stop you.
1: Well, or not it, stop you, but they would give you a letter. If you really were doing that. Yeah. To go, hey, look, i I'm gonna create a brand. I'm going to. Make minimal money off of it, but I'm going to use it as an ability to write off a bunch of trips and fun for us all. Yeah. Yeah, that's not cool. That's fraud. That's considered fraud. <laughs> wow.
0: But what if? But if you made.
1: So what if you? I mean, you can be trying. You can be <laughs> yeah, legitimately trying. Yeah. What if your intention is like? I want to be able to afford at some point, you to cut your losses. Yeah. At some point, you're just exploiting it. Right. And okay. if, if your gotcha. goal is to not grow a brand and your goal is to do this on the side and have fun, Damn. then keep in mind it's a hobby. And that's been the, the general recommendation. Wow. So like, huh. even though I technically could take all these trips, even as like sole proprietor type stuff, you could take them, you could write them off, you can justify how it's a business expense. But at what point is it Harry? And I just don't. Like, right. I should yeah. to a degree. But, like, deep down, I know it's just, like, we went on this trip because it was going to be fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why we did it. Right. And if, if we're doing it because it's going to be fun versus doing it because, well, it's a mission. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a, uh, it's a fine line and a big gray area. I feel like.
0: Yeah. But, yeah.
1: Okay, because everyone's
0: situation is different with that area.
1: When and I think as long as you were really restrictive in how much you actually spent, if you were breaking even after the first five years, I don't know if anyone. I don't know if it would be a problem. Hmm. But if you're claiming losses to offset your income uh, right. you can't be on your taxes losses. because you went on fun trips with your friends, that's where it's a problem. Right. Gotcha. So you have to be growing more or less for it to be a, a reality in that sense. Right. But it, it's been interesting because it's like, it's so proprietor, but it should be more. I always feel like it should be more. Mm-hmm. It's teetering on it. It's like the next stage. Right. But at, at what point do you go, you got to take what I'm just saying. I, If it got to that point, I wouldn't go full time with it. I'd rather walk away. Mm-hmm. It's not a business. Right. That's a good way to look at it.
0: So what if, what if for example, uh, I'll use myself as the example because yeah. it's easiest for me to wrap my head around it. I like to do... I've been doing uh, design work for Animal. It's fucking... I can't believe I'm sitting here even saying that. But um, I would like to do more design work. Yeah. So, basically, if I, as a graphic designer, as a freelancer, would would I want to turn myself into an LLC or anything like that?
1: So... All right. So th- that becomes its own separate thing because I'm in the same boat with stuff I would like to do or what I see myself doing moving forward mm. with Grindworks. Would be if I chose to go this route, I would want to do some level of like actual industrial design and third party engineering mm-hmm. for companies and um, like consulting type stuff. Which you need an entity for that and it has to be a liability, like limited liability, where you're a step away from any liability the company has. Right, wow. So, at that point, what you would be doing... So, in your case with graphic design, you may set up the yeah or you may set up like something else as your graphic design entity. Mm -hmm. And then... The yeah it would just be a division of that, where you can have this other income stream into that. Yeah, but it's not a primary.
0: Yeah, and then because then because like my freelance, it's like I'm not necessarily gearing up to do the freelance to take over my job. It's just I get to do it when I get to do it. So then, but
1: it will be profitable. It's going to be the key. Like yeah. there's no way it won't be profitable. Right. So. So,
0: if that was even registered as an LLC, it wouldn't be a, a
1: as big of a
0: deal because it would be more profitable.
1: Yeah, it, you don't have to be like targeting a million dollars a year or anything, but it is a business because it will make money. And I don't, I don't know how your approach to the yeah is and has been, but like, like I said, with Grindworks, it's been to facilitate doing cool things for the scene. Yeah, it's. I want
0: to, I I think about trying to do an event, but it's like the Grindworks Jam is the event. Like to me, that is that's my favorite event. If I had to say that the yeah had an event, I'd say it would be your event. You know, like yeah. it's that cool. It's
1: that fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't do one this year. Yeah, I mean, well, we did that little jam, that street jam. I did. There's so there's a couple of things with that. One, the Pittsburgh Jam turned into this abhorrent fiasco because of drama mm-hmm. and like I mentioned before that the scene appears very cohesive but it's got little factions and it I don't know how it got as bad as it got but the when I left we had talked with the one crew mentioned hey, this is what we're gonna do. I want you to formally announce at this year's event that next year you guys will be taking it over because you're the only other crew down here that's doing something. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense. And some other people got upset that, well, you know, are they really the right people to be taking over the Grindworks jam, blah, blah, blah. I said, it's not the Grindworks jam anymore. It's (laughs) their jam. That's that what mean? we agreed on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so. And that one yeah. wasn't at a specific place either. That one's not like the HCS one. Right. So it's like anybody can throw the fucking jam.
1: Well, so these two groups went back and forth until both of them canceled it. And mm-hmm. a third group came in and threw a jam. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> I, I, I'm okay. Uh, that's life. But so, I though. was like at one point going. Are you really going to make me throw this jam? That I don't want to throw from New York. Like kids couldn't get along so dad had to come home. <laughs> <laughs> so a responsible adult had to come in. Yeah. But like I'm glad that something happened, but what will happen next year? I've got no clue. Mm. And I know some stuff has happened. Those those groups have worked out their kinks. They're like as far as I know, everyone's cool. Yeah, cool. But I'm also a couple levels detached from that at the moment. Mm-hmm. So
0: you got your other shit. You got other shit to worry about,
1: right? So
0: then, and you you do do a lot too. <laughs> On top of having as as much as you do, you still do a lot. You still make it a point to 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 be out there and to share. And I don't know if anyone gives you enough credit for that. I don't look for it, so I,
1: mean, I don't know if it's out there or not, but.
0: Somebody needs to say it is all I'm saying. Cause all like right. I'll take it. BMX is an illegitimate father to itself. And the more responsible men we can have, the more responsible people we can have in general, the better.
1: So thank you. <laughs> uh, with the, the Binghamton jam, obviously HCS has had like a slew of things happening. Yeah. And I've, not said too much about this I'm relatively in the know Derek is the person that I need to talk to and get the full backstory on a podcast mm-hmm. but he's waiting for resolution uh. still on certain things before I think he even really wants to talk about it Absolutely. That makes so sense. he was hopeful to have everything resolved he was hopeful and like this would have been I think 20 years open for hcs Mm. so he wanted to hold some sort of jam like a 20-year jam yeah well he's still working through some of the details on that we're clearly past the time that we could do that but i you know kind of figured if you want to do a 20-year jam you should do it i don't want to i i will help and i will promote but it should be your thing not mine hmm And then we can pair it with a street ride or something. You know, we'll just do both, whatever works. Didn't really work out. Hmm. Um, Fast forward up to, like, the the quick pop-up jam that we threw. We had been talking, uh, Cam and myself, about doing some sort of, like, backyard barbecue and a quick little ride. And he's got some stuff going on. In his life right now that he, it makes it hard to plan. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I kept kind of throwing it out there like, Hey, when, when is a good time? We need to do something. When, when, when give me a date, pick a time. Like that's the hardest part of throwing a jam. If you try to find a time on a calendar that works great, you're never going to even pick one because we're all too busy.
0: Yeah.
1: But if you just go, hey, three months out, two months out, whatever, like this is the date, this is the time, figure it out. Right. You can work for it. And yeah. somehow it all comes together. Um so I kept pushing for that, like when, when, when. You keep you wanna do this, when? Mm-hmm. And I asked that week, when do you want to do it? Like this weekend or the next? A week prior. I never got an answer on that. Uh, and I waited right up until the last day. And I'm like, okay, can't wait anymore. We're just doing it this way. Hmm. No, right. no sponsors, no prizes. Only one local showed up. Hey, that's... <laughs> that's uh, that a bunch of people came from out of town, but only what? one local. I mean... Which is like, it is what it is. You got yeah. a day's notice.
0: Yeah. But that's kind of, that day's notice shit is fucking cool. Like, uh, there's this DJ dude, Diplo, and he was on Twitter, and he's like, I'm going to be at this place this time. And then the next tweet is like, you know, hours later, he's sitting there like with this big-ass crowd and all these people dancing. He would do like these pop-up shows where Mm -hmm. like, he was basically street riding as a DJ because he was finding like, you know, like under the bridge spots where it would be cool if there was like a dance club yeah set up and he would do it and then <laughs> he would film himself getting busted by the cops at the end <laughs> yeah and it turned into like a whole thing and it, it it creates a kind of um immediacy so i think i think there i think you're onto something there it, it might have felt very from the hip at first but well i think it's kind of cool
1: i i wasn't scared of it because i've said for years you don't have to plan a jam. Right. I'm like you can put as much work as you want into it. This is gonna be like a recurring thing I think at this <laughs> point. But it's all recent, so uh you can put as much time into planning a jam as you want and effort and getting sponsors and everything lined up and there's no guarantee anyone shows up for it. Mhm. And it's as much time and as much effort as you want to make it. You can throw a pop-up jam 24 hours in advance where all you do is post on Instagram one little crappy flyer. Yeah. And, again, there's no guarantee anyone shows up. But I guarantee you anyone that does show up will have fun riding circles in a parking lot if they choose to. Yeah. It's it's like a group invite in a way. You know? Group now the the grindworks jam back to that at HCS like there's been year over year. That's gotten more and more fun and more and more crazy. Mm-hmm. I feel like a break from that has been good in a way. It's given me some time to recharge, but it's also it's also given people a break from it so that they don't necessarily come back with high expectations right so like last year we couldn't do it at hcs we had to do just a street ride Mm -hmm. this year we didn't do it at all other than this little pop-up thing so i i think if we can do something next year it'll be real cool yeah but i don't know if it'll go as like hard as some of them have been in the past with like getting multiple vehicles and <laughs> destroying them and like because mm. it started with one and at one point we had two and then we had two again and like all right this is it's fun yeah putting trans I mean if you guys just had
0: one car and you just had that little transition kicked up to it to me that alone is just they like- gotta
1: be the right cars like yeah. it's that transition meets those <laughs> the small uh sedans perfectly yeah
0: you're walking around in the junkyard with a tape measure just measuring the bottom door hinge to everybody's cars yeah what's that boy doing i don't know he said something about tranny i
1: mean you can control it a little bit by just airing up or airing down the tires oh yeah right that makes sense cam always wanted to do it with the cars running and drive them oh god and i'm like it's such a bad idea you're gonna run your friends over. Yeah. Cause something's not gonna go right.
0: Yeah, we don't we don't need any 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 gnarly shit happening. Hey, let's keep it fun. The fucking axe <laughs> whipping the axe around's dangerous enough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> dude, that's so good though. It is. It is. Uh that the dude on that shirt. Was so freaking stoked on that shirt, oh, by the way. awesome. He had never seen your photo, oh. the angle that you had. He had only seen it from, like, a couple other angles, so he's like, what is this? <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> that was awesome. That,
0: that was your brother, Matt, right? No. No? Who was it?
1: Uh, James something. Oh. James Kramer. Sweet. Shout out to James. <laughs> he was the axe man on the car I uh I love that that it was it was planned in a way but it felt so raw in the moment cause so Derek handed him the axe Mm he goes hey can you go cut the roof off that car so that I can over pegs it yeah but no one else heard that interaction. So James is just out there while people are trying to ride this car, standing on the roof of it, yeah. wailing on it with this axe. It was so good.
0: Yeah. What a sight to see. And so, oh, uh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to bitch about stuff. But I do to, I did want to mention that I submitted a video of the second Grandworks jam. Of the last one that we did, so right, right when it happened, our BMX posted the Angus clip. They DM'd me and asked me for it when mm-hmm. they posted it. I was thinking, oh, that's kind of cool. I bet, the, I bet they'll want to post the full thing. Uh, you know, I I didn't film a video that encompassed the whole event. I wasn't really trying yeah. to, but I had a bunch of clips of a couple people, mostly Angus. But it was like. Here's a here's a slight little peek into this jam that ended with axes and cars, and it still didn't get posted on their site. And it was right around the time where they were talking about how they only save their Instagram posts for people who pay for, like
1: uh, yeah, right stuff. when the whole development of that was happening, and and uh, Trey was on imprimatur yeah. talking about it, yeah. yeah. And it was like right as that was happening, Angus gets posted on on.
0: On their Instagram which I was like stoked for Angus I was stoked that the clip got seen but it was like and then like a year later so like the year that we missed it I said sub- I resubmitted it I was like this happened last year but it was really cool hopefully we can get some info like hype for the next one or something mm-hmm. and they still didn't post it
1: they posted Tom Beckman's they did
0: edit of it oh that's cool at least something got posted
1: so My understanding, and I could be wrong on some of the order of operations on this, my understanding was he submitted it, and they weren't that interested in it. Mm -hmm. And then the Angus clip blew up, and then they came back, and they're like, I guess we could be interested in that. Wow. Huh. So I could be totally wrong on that, but that's
0: a... And it's like, why... Y'all should have been knowing that this thing is fucking dope before Angus hopped on the goddamn rail. You know, the year before that, Gunny had tire rode the dip rail to Bar. I think mm-hmm. 180 Bar, and it's like, come on, and man. And it's come. not a
1: straight dip rail. <laughs> yeah, it curves and it's, it's like, dipped. It was a fucking an absolute nightmare, and <laughs> it was an ellipse. And <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was the same year we we did that like crooked, weird dip rail and we also built the jank rail where we took a bunch of pieces of pipe smashed them with a sledgehammer bent them between trees kinked it all up and then laid it out on the ground and we're like that'll be fun and derek welded it all together yeah and made a rail out of it and put all the right supports under it and uh zach beerley I think he's the only one that did anything start to finish on it that wasn't just a double peg. Oh. Peg's hard at it. Really? And it was like, kink, 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 hard out. Oh, I think I remember seeing that and being and like,
0: what the fuck? How? That is the best part about the Grindworks Jams because you're seeing really <laughs> challenging stuff. There's easy stuff there, but there's challenging stuff. And you're seeing skill levels come through and really,
1: you really get to see it so here's another thing that's good about that and uh i think it's just by chance you can have a jam at that park because it's all separate spots Mm -hmm. so it's not like if you have a jam at one of these new grind line parks like one dude or two dudes can ride at the same time and that's it right you have a jam at hcs and you've got pockets of creativity happening nonstop all day long. And they kind of ebb and flow from one group to another or one spot to another. Almost like they're being cycled. Like this group leaves and the next group, everyone shifts like one spot. Yeah. But like everyone is doing their thing and you've got probably 15 to 20 people riding all at the same time at any given point. Yeah. Which is awesome Mm -hmm. and it's all unique stuff it's like stuff you've never ridden before in your life a fucking the horseshoe rail i
0: spent so much time on that thing you know what i mean (laughs) you get to live out fantasies (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know i get to grind around a curve and it goes over grass so i get to pretend that you know
1: you get to grind over something Mm mm-hmm that so we did one event that we set a timer on who could go around it the most times blacktop to blacktop in this period of time oh okay so like the first three quarters of that no one's even making it and then when someone finally locks it like you can almost do multiple in a row when you finally get it
0: right you had to like quick remember
1: I i think i got three in a row really damn and then i might have gotten five in that whole event or something but it was like 20 minutes mm-hmm. and you land something five times it's like that's not terrible for that rail you no not that. you can go uh someday you'll land at first try and other days you could try all day long and not even come close yeah it's it's like that i f- I forget what the linear footage on that rail is, but it's like fifty or sixty feet of rail <laughs> on right. a horseshoe something wow. like that damn and you've got straight then the bend and then straight again so you gotta square up or you're you're hooked on it and you can't come off yep but anyway the it being in like pockets mm-hmm. of creativity happening is is what I think makes that jam so awesome. And the one downfall we have year over year on it is that we always try to then do events in that. And it's like, as soon as you go, hey, everyone, I know you've been riding for like the mm-hmm. last four hours. Let's do best trick on this or long jump over here. You mm-hmm. just crashed it. It's like all the momentum and the energy that everyone had going, is like, oh, really? <laughs> right. You are like you're better off to just watch the creativity happening. There's no ability to record all the stuff happening all at once. yeah,
0: you can it's almost
1: like you just gotta let it go as it is, but
0: you can kind of put poor gas on it where uh, with like a megaphone, like if something's if it kind of sort of seems like an event's happening where everyone's getting down on the roller coaster veil. I feel yeah, like you can kind of like yell the use the megaphone to pour gas there, and you like nudge it. You can't. It's like almost like you can't pull it out and put it on the shelf, but you can kind of like push it off into space.
1: <laughs> right, right. But if you're if you like sit there and you go, oh, everyone's riding the rail. Let's do a best trick on the rail.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Everyone's gonna be like, eh. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't know about that. Like, maybe we just wanted to session it, and now I got to, like, try to, I don't know. I feel like yeah. we year over year handled it a little bit wrong, mm. but I also never take the mic, so mm. I'm, like, happy that other people want right. to do that. Yeah. Believe it or not, I don't like talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. No one no one believes that for a second. <laughs> hey. You're
0: trying to get a message
1: out. I've got too much going on that day to be the one on the megaphone. Mm, right. And I don't mind it as much at HCS. I hate it at the street jam. Yeah. Like, I need, I've need. i got all the stuff on me usually. Right. And I'm the coordinator. I need someone else to draw the attention. Right. You if get, it goes south.
0: Yeah, you need teamwork because you need more than. You need more than one person in general to operate such a large squad.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and that, so I've got a clip that I've never posted from, like, not the last Street <clears throat> Jam, but the year before, mm-hmm. of a pretty solid altercation with security that went on for about 20 minutes. Oh, shit. And we filmed the whole thing continuous. And it was It was good yeah (laughs) but like where do you put that clip behind patreon yeah (laughs) yeah paywall for whoever wants to see that if and that's the thing it's like no it's a it's a dvd DVD clip is where that belongs it's like at the back end of a dvd
0: yeah
1: or in a bonus feature somewhere like this is what really happened Mm -hmm. because you saw the tiny little snippet in the actual edit Right. But you didn't see what went into that. (laughs) Yeah, that would be cool. So, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where that ends up, if anywhere. I was Mm -hmm. supposed to be doing a DVD, and that's like, I don't want to say no motivation, but no motivation. So... Uh, all right i mentioned that i i wrote that last episode a month ago right it took a month to record it some of that was what i was talking about at the beginning of this episode where like or even maybe it was before we started recording that my room is uh, like butted against everyone else's so if i'm talking late or recording everyone can hear me Mm mm-hmm Plus, that like hinders your ability to have genuine thought too, especially when it's not like great. Because some of that episode wasn't great, <laughs> not like all positivity and happiness. Right. Uh, just real. Mm-hmm. But I pulled it up in a hotel in Pittsburgh. Like I'm literally sitting here doing nothing. Mm-hmm. I need to record this episode. Read through it. Made a couple tweaks to it. Read through it again and sat there for 45 minutes staring at it. Why? No motivation to record record it. it. Oh, and like, just like, okay, just hit record. All you have to do is hit record. Right. So I did it. Uh, You might have known listening to it that I was like a little bit softer than normal not so energized Mm -hmm. but very hyper aware of like what's happening and i'm like no you need to do this right now Mm -hmm. there's no more sit on it and just i'll do it another day right so i recorded that and then as soon as i finished it i hit record again Uh, And that was what this episode was originally. Whoa. Was about, like, lack of motivation. And then, like, other things kind of going on. Yeah. But I think I talked about, like, we're supposed to be doing this video. We were recording stuff. And it was supposed to be, one, all street, which I don't believe in. Hmm. And I can come back to that point. (laughs) But... To, um it was a crew that half of them stopped riding halfway through filming it. Mm. So, so now we've got like these blips and pieces of like people's riding. And then everyone was trying to film their own double angles and post them on Instagram. And it's like, dude, if you post the clip, I'm not using it. Right. And they're like, well, I didn't post your version of it okay you're right you didn't (laughs) but what's the difference yeah or we'd record something and like just for an example if you say like pegs hard 180 this uprail next week on their instagram you'd see pegs hard three on that uprail well Uh, this is garbage clip to me now it's filler right what am i going to do with it so i've got a lot of that you get a lot of that with people in general where you're progressing. So like even the stuff we were saving mm-hmm. was it's like you can watch this dude's progression, which is cool. But like they did 25 feeble hards on progressively larger things. Well, how many of those do I need to use? Yeah. One. I need to use <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah maybe two if there's a reason to use both Mm -hmm. clips right but the video kind of progressed like that and then with people not riding then the the group kind of changed and now i've got all these like partial parts over here Mm -hmm. all the while i'm getting clip after clip after clip every time i'm out filming with these dudes i could probably put three video parts together Shit, <laughs> probably. Damn. Not that anyone would want to watch them. Yo, <laughs> I, no. A good I don't. Uh, I don't believe in that because I. I know there's there's something for everyone in there. Yo, and a good song
0: and good editing. You, anything is watchable.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean. So, I'm like I still sit there and every once in a while. I'll go through and watch through the clips, label more of them, file them off into each person's folders. Mm -hmm. But no one sent them to me when they were supposed to either. Mm. At the beginning of the project, every couple of days, once a week, send me your clips and we'll get them all filed and everything and everyone stopped doing it. Mm -hmm. And then I got... Like an entire dump of a thousand clips from each person. Because I asked them for everything. Mm-hmm. I wanted every make, every like attempt, even right. if it was that you just took your foot off. Because there's always bits that are entertaining. Maybe something interesting happened in the background. Or maybe someone said something funny in the clip. Right. Yep. That I want to just pull the audio cut of. Mm-hmm. Alright, thank you. And... They did a thing in one of the old HCS videos that was just called the frustration section. Oh, so instead shit. of having a crash section, anything that took 40 plus tries, it would just be rapid fire of the not land and watching the people get more and more frustrated oh, and shit. scream and stuff. So it was really entertaining.
0: Like a snippet of each attempt?
1: Yeah, because it it almost shows more than the crash Section shows right. That's like, interesting. You, know, you don't always get good bales, but it's insight into how much work goes into something. Yeah, because even clips that, like,
0: that you're saying, like, maybe not everybody wants to watch. It's like if it still took you mad long, if it, if you know, you you had to apply effort
1: to it. So I, I you never know what you're gonna want mm-hmm. all the clips for, but I just wanted them all. Mm-hmm. So when you get dumped just thousands of files on you though that is demotivating in its own way yeah overwhelming because then it's it's back to the point of well you should have just sent me the lands then because that's now i'm just going to filter through and i'm going to dump all these in a dump folder and probably never come back to them Hmm. but i wanted to do three dvds at one point or put it in like a triple combo because We had the main project. We had all the stuff that I filmed from the Ice House when we had it. Mm -hmm. I had every clip and every trick that had ever been done there. Oh, shit. I mean, that's a cool little doc video you can do and just interview with a couple people along the way.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, you could do two videos. I have it all.
0: You could have you could have one with the writing, one with the more with the more.
1: Uh... Yeah, the, the behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah. So I have it all. I th- so here's what I thought would be cool: make the full video, and then have almost mystery science theater. Yeah. Of everyone watching the whole yes. video, and then pause and do your commentary on like that trick or what was happening at that time. Absolutely. I think and that's it's, cool. You have the video and then that's like a bonus, right? Mm-hmm. You can watch the video for what it is and you can hear everyone's commentary.
0: Mm-hmm. I tried to do that with one of uh, the folks with sections with Josh Dare before I even had a video set up.
1: I I listened. Oh my God. It was, uh, it's, were, tough. It's, it's tough. It's so tough to go through tough. it without the video.
0: I mean, especially when you're, I was trying to do screen share and the screen share was lagging so like it was working fine for me and then they're looking at it and it's all jittery so it's like so much so much stuff can be alleviated if you can do it in person or if you just have a decent pod setup like now mm-hmm. I now I have different issues where like the guests can't hear the audio like I can get them to hear it but then when I go to record it It's fucked up, so i got to straighten that out. That's besides the point,
1: though. (laughs) We can mess with that maybe before I leave and try to figure that out. We could try. I don't know. We'll see. So uh, you can download virtual audio cables. So I have something similar to that. And then you can route it virtually as if you're plugging in. Yeah. But I still don't feel like it works right. And I had it work right
0: once, and I fucking lost my shit. I was like, "Oh my god, I got the music on a separate track. Oh my god!" And it was like, in post, it's like I have full blown control. Not that I need it that much, but if I want, if I wanted to cut something out, the whole the whole pod doesn't have to get cut anymore. Especially when I'm shooting video, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. a little bit like before when it was just audio. It's so much easier to cut around anything.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, the, all you hear is the audio. You don't see that it cut weird or something. You find a nice good piece of silence and you just slice right in there and keep going. Yeah. But I, uh, with the motivation thing, I mm-hmm. feel like it's been... Some of it was just needing a break, I think. And the fact that moving away, I didn't... Didn't have to be that point for a year, mm-hmm. but it's been a—it's a weird thing to find yourself completely unmotivated to do stuff you love. Yeah, uh, you might call it depression, <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't feel like that, but I have to be to some degree, right? Because but then like things like today, like we threw it out there, yes. Yeah, yesterday two days ago like you want to do this and you're like yeah let's do it and i'm like in person <laughs> like yeah. yeah all right cool let's do it but i'm super down i've got a couple podcasts recorded right now that mm. uh there's a follow-up to the styles for miles like a jam oh, wrap up oh cool we just recorded that this week last week oh nice there's well, there's the one that's probably not going to exist because this exists, but hmm. then I don't have any others. I'm hmm. supposed to have another one with Johnny about work and just like, cause we did the first one right when, right when FBM was announced as no longer existing. Yeah. Yeah which had been like six months prior to that, that he sat there quietly.
0: Right, wow.
1: Um, but I wanted to do a follow-up, just like, how have things gone? What have you learned? What's been, like, problems? Yeah. How's the supply chain situation?
0: Yeah, because it seems like it's been going decently from the outside.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of people will be interested. Mm-hmm. So... I think we're supposed to do that sometime this week, maybe. Oh, cool. But I I should have, like, a little bit of content at this point that it's really... I can just sit down and piece it together now. But it feels lackluster to me not having the video. Like, the opposite of... Yours started out audio only. Yeah. And has progressed into the video. I feel like mine, since selling the house, Mm. has regressed. Yeah. But... It's temporary.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I burned myself out with some episodes when I was trying to do, like, the during COVID thing. I went out and talked to uh, four different skate parks about, like, how is this impacting you? What do you foresee the future being? Yeah. And I really thought there'd be some different takes and everyone <laughs> said the exact same thing for four podcasts in a row.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm like, I'm over this. I'm so done. Right. Wow. I mean, and that's the other thing,
0: just like with the courts one, it's like you can always loop back around to guests that you had before. Like, so how's it going now? Did you guys bounce back? Like, what's up? Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, and there's other things. Like, I've got notes for totally different... They don't even have to be interviews. Like, if, if we're doing stuff all the time, like, I would say this is more of a hangout. It's not an interview. Yeah. But... We, I've had you on before, too. Yeah. But, like, I've got just topics in a list on my phone. Right. That could be fun to talk about. And, like, maybe they come up and maybe we do it. and Maybe they just sit here. But that's that's what the entire last episode was. That su- success was a whole bunch of bullet points on my list that I'm like, these all tie together. hmm So that was that was a cool one to get done though because it's like that list is almost a hindrance as much as it's a help when you start looking at this long list of things you haven't done yeah and
0: it's like what is what is the success of it it's like getting your idea out there getting it out of your head getting it out of your head and you're seeing it there Mm -hmm. that's the successful part of it now everybody getting into it it's like icing on the cake did anybody reach out about that success episode?
1: Uh, so I don't get a ton of feedback usually. Mm. Yeah. I heard from you and I heard from Casey Smith. Hmm. Cool. So I thought that was cool.
0: Yeah. And he's got a pod too, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, dude's sick.
0: And is he still going with his?
1: So he hasn't posted, I don't think, since August. Mm-hmm. But I know his last couple episodes said he was moving to Hawaii. Holy shit. I mean, from Indiana.
0: If you're living in Hawaii, you got other things to do than
1: <laughs> the well, podcast. So I thought that he was capping that season and moving. And obviously, that's what it sounded like. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't move until like December or January, I think you said. Oh. But I'm sure there's a lot that goes into prepping, and you know, you got to facilitate shipment logistics yeah (laughs) so i'm sure that's a big deal yeah and also i mean i haven't talked to him about it i'd be curious for his story when this is all said and done which i'm sure he'll talk about Mm -hmm. but do you just sell all your stuff (laughs) and buy new when you get there it might be cheaper
0: to some degree especially some heavy ass shit
1: (laughs) Uh, especially like furniture and stuff like do mm-hmm. I really do I need to ship this much stuff yeah how are you
0: shipping a couch You're, you know the, the cost of shipping the couch and it might still get one. there broken yeah <laughs> yeah I heard about that like when you ship big stuff like especially cars mm-hmm. it's like a toss up every time like what
1: <laughs> I mean did you secure it well <laughs> did they handle it cautiously
0: yeah I'm sure there's different tiers yeah you put your car in coach. <laughs> <laughs> it might fall out the back. <laughs>
1: Just put it in the underbelly. It's fine. Yeah.
0: You got the parking brake on? Yeah, we're good. We're good.
1: <laughs> so uh, I'm curious on that, but no, you two. Oh, uh, no. Brant. I talked to Brant a little bit. Yeah. But because I wanted to reach out to set up discussing the back end of YouTube type stuff. Yeah. He he said, as long as it's not called anything with gay bars. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you're good. So he was, he was, he's, uh. I. Yeah. You know, just preemptively not wanting any backlash on him because he's gotten enough of it. Oh, yeah. So I get. Did he start YouTubing
0: before Austin Augie?
1: I don't know. I know that he started YouTubing just because it was a place to put his videos.
0: Yeah, he was very early, I believe.
1: And he was just, like, started out right from the beginning filming his friends and him ride bikes. Yeah. Everything they've ever done, I think he's filmed. Yeah. It's really
0: cool. I And he's consistent, and, and BMX needs that. BMX needs consistent people. And it's crazy because, like, it's crazy that there's so many people. So like kids these days want to be influencers. They want to be YouTubers. And there's kids that want to be pro bike riders. And then there's people who were pro, pro, pro bike riders who have a following and kind of don't really use their following. They might have a following and then just still chill and just post a clip every once in a while and they have their own lives. That's fine. I'm not saying anybody should do anything they're not comfortable with. What I'm thinking is, as soon as you have somebody who's been around talking, the the podcast immediately changes. Because if you never heard of me and Matt Smith, you'd be like, that name's imaginary. I don't know who the fuck that is. I know 50 (laughs) Matt Smiths. But if you heard, name a rider, fucking Eli Platt. If Eli Platt had a podcast. I'd be all years. What what's this guy got to talk about mm-hmm. if you know Rob wise Kelly Baker anybody yep. on that list you know so it's like I can't believe that there's not anybody with more namesake putting their neck out uh yeah, especially for somebody who's kind of like Twilighted through a pro Doyle was the one bring back Oliver Doyle. I know he likes to do things in person. Yeah. But you know, his pod with Brandt over the phone was completely fine. I mean I get it. I do agree in person is better yeah. but just fucking run it, dude, because you you have been somewhere. You've been my first video the first my first one of my first videos was DK Intuition. So Doyle has been killing it as long as I've known about BMX. Mm-hmm. Why not have that dude talking about shit?
1: Yeah. Yep. Uh, Doyle has been around for uh, forever and killed it. Uh, another one I would say is relatively in that same boat that's still contest caliber. Nyquist. Yo. He was a pro's pro when
0: we started riding. Absolutely. He's also, also same time frame. And he seems like he has a, an outgoing personality. He seems like he's not sick of BMX. You know, for as much as he's had to eat, eat, sleep, and breathe BMX, he seems like he's completely still into it.
1: Uh, I used to really love. He did a little YouTube series called "Getting Awesome," mm. and it, it was kind of when you. It was, I would say, before YouTube really took off for BMX, yeah. we, everyone was still on the Vimeo thing. Yeah. God damn it, Video set us back. Yeah, but it was so much better. It was until they started
0: deleting everybody.
1: Yeah, it was so much better.
0: No ads. I remember you were like, oh, you can put a custom
1: thumbnail in. The interface, the quality level. Mm Mm-hmm. It wasn't clouded with so much garbage. Like only the legit people were using it, mm-hmm. and I should put a caveat on that because I hate when people do that. Mm. Like the the real, recognized real, and the legit thing. It's like you hear it the most from people that suck, <laughs> <laughs> or that are like so not real or true to you. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, I don't know. <laughs> Like, you, what are you, clout-chasing just to, to ride off what you think I am, too? Right. So, anyway. Um, I just really loved Vimeo. I thought it was great. And then, yeah, it set us all back. Same with the... I know you've mentioned it a ton of times on your pod, the, the fact that the come-up ceases to exist and all that BMX yeah. history. Not not only the videos that are missing off of vimeo or youtube but the write-ups and Mm -hmm. the comments and just the history around it Mm -hmm. so be it if the video is gone it's the fact that it was captured in a moment in time there Mm -hmm. and i know you can probably pull it up on like the internet archive stuff yeah like wayback machine maybe yeah but it's not the
0: same yeah it's not as accessible like I didn't, I barely even knew about that shit until 2016, and I've was been riding since '99. Like, I wasn't gonna. Oh, I need to find something out. Let me just pull up Wayback Machine and comb through it like I'm looking through newspapers at the library. You know, yeah. no one wants to go that hard.
1: Well, and it's not like you can go on there. Like you could go on the Come Up, and you could search a rider's name, and you could get everything that they've been in on there, and it's not. It's not the same to go through the the internet archives. You you can't go on that website and then use their search. It's like uh, a, right. it's like a snapshot, snapshot yep. of what existed. Mhm. Yeah, there's
0: nothing's really clickable. It's more like this is what was there. Yeah, and that's it. And then the styles might be gone and shit like that.
1: So, it's cool, but it's not it's not right. Mm-mm. Yeah,
0: we and that's that's half the reason I wanted to. I'm probably sounding like a broken record. That's half the reason I want to be on podcasts and shit is like, help, help. You know, like I don't. I get it that like writers that have been well known are probably like I've been there. I've done that. I'm out. I don't feel like fucking talking about this, you nerds. So I get that, but it's like for me, I'm like, well, I kind of grew up on it, and I kind of feel like holding the flame and helping a little bit. And the more that other people have podcasts the less I feel like I am pre the less pres- I not know what the word is for man like the less it's not sanctimonious it's like the I the more people that are being podcasting about BMX the less I feel like I have to mm-hmm. and it's like once that conversation started it's like okay I got the conversation started now I can fade into the mist because all these I know that there's enough people in here talking and it's like it's really cool that Dig has Canode, but it would be really cool is if Dig had a couple people, and if Ride had a couple people, and there was podcast networks, because there's no reason they couldn't, and mm-hmm. they could be selling more stuff.
1: And- yeah, you know, and like I love that they're doing that, and Unclicked and everything. Unclicked, at I don't think any one particular person's fault, but from its inception had a biased opinion being Dennis and Dennis very clearly would say things that he just didn't like, he didn't care what his sponsors thought of what he would mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he said on the one like, well, when I get kicked off Haro, you'll throw me on a uh, fiend, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, things like that, but either way, you know that they're slightly beholden to other people and advertisers and sponsors and everything. Yeah. yeah. And that kind of sucks. But then I don't, like, Bobby Knode's, if he was doing it as him, you don't have to answer to
0: anyone. And that's that's where he was right before Dig picked him up.
1: Right, well, right and he's mm-hmm. blowing up now. Mm-hmm. But, and his guest list might be picked for him for all we know. Right. And so could the questions and the progression. And hey, you can't say this. Don't bring this up. Mm-hmm. This is the industry secret. Like, we don't know what's being curated. And that sucks right. in a way. Yeah. Because I, I always think of us as like,
0: like the comedy scene where it's like you got a bunch of people who say whatever the fuck they want and deal, deal with the repercussions afterwards. But we can have a network of people that are on each other's pods, like me, you, Brant, uh, mm-hmm. fucking who else, um, Cam, go cave. Mm-hmm. Like, that dude's done a lot of fucking episodes, and it's like,
1: shit. Holy well, shit. So, I feel like it's opposite. Like, we in BMX, there's always this talk of, like, the pie, right? Mm-hmm. And there's only so much pie... And if I give you some of my slice, now now I've got less. And I don't subscribe to that mentality for the most part. One, you can increase the size of the pie mm-hmm. by growing. And you can increase that within the podcast world by like we were talking about, other things. Like talking about other things, maybe you draw someone in that, oh, hey, that, that is... Is interesting or that hashtag pinged me in and I don't even ride BMX but now we're talking about work boots and I wear work boots every day yeah yeah and hey these guys are interesting I'll listen to whatever they have to say I oh my kid rides BMX let me turn them on like you can grow this in other ways right by not being so like narrow-sighted I think
0: yes BMX is extremely narrow-sighted because it is what it is at sometimes, but we are at the point where so many people are in other things and are turned off. If you're not in other things, mm-hmm. and it's like, realistically, we all kind of have something else going on to some degree. Like, if we just try and, if I post my favorite Instagram clip every t- every day on my Instagram, mm-hmm. eventually people will know me as this bike rider person, and maybe I can get somewhere. And I feel like that's probably part of it.
1: So there, there's a recent thing that just happened on, and I'm a little bit, I don't know the two people that were involved. Something happened on Twitch where like this streamer got, I don't know if he lost a family member or if he committed suicide or something, but this other guy kept name dropping him in all of his live streams and talking about how sad it was and everything but would not at him and someone asked him why and he said I don't want to give him a choice of where they spend their money what and it's like well because if you sub if you subscribe to me you you or if oh. you subscribe to him maybe you don't have the 5 bucks to subscribe to me too wow and it's like Dude, I'm pretty sure that's not entirely how it's gonna work. Wow. But I, if people have that mentality, I don't feel that way about mm. the podcast world. I I want people to listen to you. I want people to listen to Brant. Mm-hmm. I want people to listen to BMX in Our Blood. Like I don't feel like anyone is stealing my listens or views right it we're all adding to each other's hopefully yeah um but i also understand like i don't want to i don't want to have someone on that i think is just trying to get my listeners from me either Mm -hmm. right and i wouldn't want to go on someone's to try to pull their listener like i i know i wouldn't be doing it that way but I would never want that impression either. Like, mm-hmm. oh, let me do yours so that I can get a thousand extra listens on mine. Like, Forget. it's so lame. Yeah. But it is a good transition point to what we wanted to talk about like two hours ago. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Which, um, yeah, I got to pee real bad, but I wanted to say this real fast. Maybe this is a way to set it up for, for when we come back. Well,
1: uh, all right. Go ahead. Hang on. Yeah. I'll take what you're going to say, but I'm also going to say... We wanted to talk about this. Maybe we just split this as two episodes. Could we did all this this chatting, and then next episode will be other things we listen to,
0: other influences. Yeah.
1: So, all right. Well, part one, part two.
0: Sick.